Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio. Here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM, Richmond's home for the Washington Commanders. But programming note, the game will be on WRVA 1140 AM this Sunday as the Hokies basketball play on 910 The Fan on Sunday. So you can still get it on the free Odyssey app downloaded today for free, but instead of searching 910 The Fan, just search WRVA 1140 AM to hear the Commanders. And on Fridays, we roll. I'm broadcasting live from River City Roll in Scott's edition and uh, looking a lot better today. Couldn't break 100 last Friday, but we are already at 46 through three frames. And I just had a seven and a spare knocking down the other three pins on my last roll. But joining us right now on the Hadid Mercer Rug Cleaning Hotline as we do this segment every Friday, it's time for Don't Sleep on These Picks, presented by Don't Sleep Energy. And this week, we're with Valdez. Hey, Juan, what's, what's up? up? How are you? I'm doing great, man. How is your knee and quad doing? Because that injury sounded <laughs> terrible. Um, it's gotten a lot better. Um, I, uh, I have some anti-inflammatory pain medicine because I have a uh, partially torn quad tendon from i uh, i think it i think it's from crossfit it could be from golf it's most likely from being old um <laughs> that's that's kind of my diagnosis but it, it's getting better every day i had my first pt session yesterday um and uh oh my oh my god they kicked the crap out of me during that my knee was on fire and i was able to to put it up and, and put ice on it all night while i watched the uh the ravens crush the Bengals. Well, that sucks, man, but your story was incredible, and you've been an unsung hero of the junkies over the last two weeks. Losing your keys, I had like 100 people reach out to me about that. Now this injury. Should we start calling you VWOD? <laughs> uh, I, I don't know what's going on. I guess I, I'm, I'm having some bad luck lately. It is weird, though. I think everyone, everyone has like a lost keys story, so yeah. I think people it, it, it kind of hit home with people. That at some point you had a, a a stupid moment in their life where you lose your keys and you can't find them and you're running all over the place and you gotta and you gotta order order new ones. So I think it kind of hit home with people. That at least that's what I tell myself, Adam. Well, I, I told Drab I think it's because it was like a TikTok where you didn't close the loop, right? Because people were wondering over the weekend, hey, did this donk ever find his keys? And uh, on Monday, you guys had to talk commanders, so we didn't even get to the bottom of the story on Monday. But let's get to the segment, and let's roll the tape. It's time for Don't Sleep on These Picks. It's time for Don't Sleep on These Picks. Presented by Don't Sleep Energy. Awad will be joined by one of the donks behind the glass, Drab and Valdez. He's the sexiest man on the planet. To go through the best college and NFL games of the weekend. Weekend! Weekend! Don't sleep on this segment every Friday at 1245 on Awad Radio. All right, Valdez, I'm the one that's cold this week in the NFL as uh, my lock of the week last week to Drab was the Falcons over the Cardinals and, you know, uh, Kyler Murray played great, and they got that field goal at the end of the game. So let me go first. My lock of the week in the NFL is the Detroit Lions at 7-2 and two at home hosting the Chicago mm-hmm. Bears. I think they win the game money line, and I've got them covering the spread of 7.5. Yeah, that's a great game. Detroit looks, besides that besides that Ravens debacle, and the Detroit's offense is for real. Um, they're scary to play, especially at home in that dome. For whatever reason, they just have an extra notch when they're at home. They're, they seem extra fast. Gibbs seem extra fast. 
St. Brown seems they, seems extra fast. And I think Jared Goff loves the comfy uh, confines of a dome. Um, he's kind of like a house cat. Doesn't like being outside, but when he's but when he's uh, inside uh, around the house, that's that's what he like where he likes to be. What is your lock of the week? My lock of the week. You're not going to like this, Adam, but I'm going to take the New York Giants plus nine points against the Washington Commanders. <laughs> I know that it's it's kind of a hold your nose game, but whatever reason, the Washington Commanders. Whenever they're in a position to try and blow out these teams that on paper look inferior, they just they can't do it. They let them hang around. I actually predicted on our show that the Giants would win in Washington. The Giants always seem to have the number of the commanders, too. No matter how poor they're playing or how great they're playing, it's always a, a close game. So I'm going to take the nine points for the New York Giants coming into the commanders, uh, coming into FedEx, when it should be a blowout, and it's going to be one of those ugly kind of 19-16 games. And on a side note, if you can find this prop on any of your sports books, whether it's FanDuel, Crab Sports, DraftKings, Danny, uh, or not Danny, DeVi- uh, I was going to say Danny DeVito, the uh, <laughs> DeVito to not throw an interception is plus 154. I think the game plan is to keep it safe with DeVito, uh, run a lot with Barkley, even though he may be hurt. Um, just try and limit limit his exposure. So it's not necessarily I think DeVito's this great quarterback that won't turn the ball over. I think it's more so the, uh, the Dabble's game plan to kind of limit his throws. And so that's why I like under a half an interception for a plus 154, along with the Giants plus nine. It totally makes sense, but it does go against my theory that the only way the commanders – when the next two games, this one and the game on Thanksgiving against the Cowboys, is if they have a double-digit lead at halftime and could sit Sam Howell for the fourth quarter because they're up by 17 or 20 points. Uh, but with your prediction, they'll have to play Sam Howell and hopefully squeak out a win towards the end of the game. Let's go over to the college ranks, and you got to love this time of the year, Valdez, because you can give out I a do. college football pick or a college hoops pick. Actually, I got both for you, and both involve the Turks. Uh, tonight, okay. actually, the Terps are up at Villanova uh, uh, to play. And the, the Terps hoops have been very disappointing early on in the season. Uh, they lost at home to a, to a bad Davidson team. They haven't been able to shoot well. And to be honest with you, I'm kind of, I'm kind of pissed off at Kevin Willard because this Terps team last year, they won a game in the NCAA tournament under Willard's first year. It's a great accomplishment. They returned their big three, Dante Scott, Julian Reese, uh, Jameer Young, who was a, a consensus first-team All-Big Ten a preseason player. And Kevin Willard comes out uh, telling the press and telling the media, telling the fans, that, hey, this team uh, is going to need some growing pains early on in the season, which I don't understand. You are just a tournament team. You're returning, you're returning uh, three of your top scorers. You have DHS coming in from Paul VI, who looks like a good freshman. And you're telling us that the team stinks? Why does it stink? It's basically the same team as last year. So they're going up to Villanova tonight. Villanova's laying six and a half at home to it to, uh, looks like a, a dead Terps team that can't shoot. I'm going to lay the six and a half with Villanova tonight. And speaking of Maryland, they have a big football game. They are going to be hosting Michigan. Um, this is a classic. Look, I know Maryland football has been mediocre. They're going to be bowling this year, but but probably in one of those lower tier bowls. But this is a classic spot where Michigan just got done their uh, their Happy Valley road trip. 
They have a sandwich game noon kickoff against a sleepy a sleepy Terps team. Then you have to go to Ohio State, which is basically your Super Bowl. So this is a Steph, a classic sandwich letdown spot. I'm going to take the Terps at home plus 19 points, kind of like a, a kind of like a 14 point victory from Michigan, which gives me the cover uh, with the Terps. And think about it. And Penn State, all they did was run, 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 run with Blake Horm. You can kind of see yeah. that uh, maybe happening in the second half here. It keeps it a little bit closer than you would think. So I'm going to take. The Terps at home in football on Saturday, plus 19. And then I'm going to fade them at Villanova in hoops tonight. I like the football pick. I do think it'll be a lower-scoring game with the amount of times that Michigan likes to run. Louisville is win, and they're in the ACC championship. But they're playing against Miami. And I just look at this when I see this is the U against Louisville. And although Louisville's number 10 in the country and 9-1, and one, I've got Miami winning this game at Hard Rock Stadium in Miami. I'm going with the U in the upset over Louisville. Let's get to the sports tilt of the week, Valdez. And look, for me, that's the Carissa Thompson um, story uh. that came out yesterday. It, just, it drives me crazy because my, my producer said, and he made a great point, he thinks that all sideline reporters are lying now because a lot of times the coach doesn't want to talk to them. So are, are we just supposed to assume that they all make it up? That's a great point that you make. And, and you know, that is definitely my tilt of the week. As someone with a journalism degree uh, from the University of Maryland, the, the, num- the number one thing they teach you is to not lie. And what does she do? She, she's lying on the sideline. Um, and, and also – I feel bad for the other reporters because now they have to defend their job. And it's yeah. also, it's a very scrutinized job as it is. You know, how many times, how many times do you turn to your dad or your buddies when you're watching the game and, you know, Lisa Salter says something and you're, and you just go, all right, that's Captain Obvious over there. And now, now they have to come out of the woodwork. All the Tracy Wolfsons have to justify the work that they do because you had one bad apple uh, telling everyone that they just make crap up. Uh, that are that's that's happening in the locker room or between halves. It's just it's sad. It's sad to see. It's, you know, it's not. It's, and to be honest with you, we're. Tr- I'm not political, but we're in a society where we don't trust new, the news as it is. And now right. you're just throwing. And now you're just throwing gasoline on the flame uh, when it comes to stuff like that. So it's just it's a it's a stupid move. I don't know why she admitted that. And to be honest with you, it's a bad look for her. Yeah, I know. Barstool, they just make two people too comfortable. You know, she just laughed about, oh, I've never gotten fired for saying this, so why don't I drop 100 F-bombs? It's just unbelievable. And, look, I should know more than anyone, Valdez, if you're going to lie, lie about the amount of women you've slept with. You don't lie about yeah. sports. <laughs> yeah, you are you are the king of liars. So, you, you know what, maybe Carissa's like your dream girl. <laughs> I mean, she was my dream girl ma- already before ma- this. <laughs> you guys are a match made in heaven. <laughs> That's a good point. Uh, this was Don't Sleep on These Picks, presented by Don't Sleep Energy. Need the energy to stay up late and see your late-night picks go up in flames? Easy. Head over to don'tsleepenergy.com. Use the promo code AWOD Radio to save some cash. Your picks might go busto, but you'll be loaded with gusto. Valdez, any final thoughts you wanted to share? Yeah. Uh, you know what? After watching last night and seeing the social media reaction uh, from the Ravens game, I didn't realize the hit drop tackle was such a, was, was such a hot-button issue in the NFL. I feel, <laughs> yeah, I didn't either. I feel, sorry. Oh, oh, I feel sorry for defenders because how are you supposed to tackle these monsters now?
Right. You can't hit them. You can't hit them high. If you wrap them up by the waist and drag them down, that's going to be a penalty. I don't. I don't know how you tackle anyone nowadays. Maybe that's just me being old and cranky. No, it's a great point. Don't sleep. Uh, supports Bit Season. They support AWOD Radio. Support them today. Head over to don'tsleepenergy.com. Use the promo code AWOD Radio because don't sleep makes you great. Thanks a lot, Valdez. All right, Adam. Talk to you soon. Yep, talk to you next week. You're listening to AWOD Radio on the fan. It's the Commanders against the Giants this Sunday. I'll give out my keys to victory coming up next. Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio. Here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. We were just talking about the 10 most recognizable D.C. athletes. If you want to chime in, 833-804-0910, or you can call in and talk VCU basketball. As I'm joined right now by the play-by-play voice of the Rams via Rams Unlimited, Robbie Robinson. What's going on, Robbie? Adam, it is good to be here at River. What is – I'm sorry, and I should know this. So you just are hanging – like, because this, this is your neighborhood, right? This yeah, is your, I could have walked here. <laughs> yeah, so do you just come and, like – because they're not – they don't serve lunch on Fridays. They'll right. be bumping later tonight, obviously, but yep. they, they kind of want you here to set the pace for the weekend, like yep. spend your day here, come watch games tonight, watch games all weekend. That's kind of your – that's the reason to do the live remote right now. Yeah, and shout out the bands that they have on Friday. On Saturday, I know it's What's My Age Again, okay. which does like Blink-182, Sum 41. Oh, really? I've really? seen them oh, cool. a lot. They're they're a lot of fun. And, yeah, I mean, this is the place to be on the weekends. And so they're doing a football deal. Anytime there's a college football or NFL game on, you can get $10 pitcher or $20. $10 pitcher? Pitcher and pizza for 20 bucks. <laughs> so $10 pitcher, that's like – that's like old 1997 prices when I was right. in college. We went, there's a bunch of dads and I, and I'm a dad. Uh, I'm probably old enough almost to be your dad, Adam. And, like, <laughs> and we, it was after a Little League board meeting, and we went to a restaurant in the fan, and it was like six of us, and we all got these pitchers <laughs> of like decent beer. Like it was like, you know, I don't know what it was. It was like Amstel or something. It was decent beer, and they brought the check, and it was like 180 bucks for like six pitchers. We're like, whoa, when did pitchers become $19? Last time we ordered a pitcher, it was like eight bucks at the Biltmore. And obviously, that the inflation has hit pitchers as well, but $10 pitchers is that's compelling. I, I'm sure our your listeners could tie it into a couple of those. Yeah, so I, I need to let the audience know you, you were enjoying the 10 most recognizable yeah. players and you oh, said i wouldn't recognize ovechkin i know so this is so adam goes number one alex ovechkin and i looked at him and i said like i follow sports like i know who he is but if he walked into river city roll right now and wasn't wearing an alex ovechkin jersey i i would not know who he was and i would go as far to say because i you know your listeners are probably wide variety of ages and I know you probably love to skew younger but because of the medium it's probably a little bit older we all grew up listening to sports radio I would love to know from your listeners if they would and this is taking nothing away from your list because I think is I think you almost have to say him but I'd love to know from your listeners if Alex Ovechkin knocked on your door (laughs) this afternoon and was like, hello, I'm Al- hello, I'm Alex. And y- y- if you would know who he was, well, he couldn't speak because I think that would give it away. For sure, a lot yeah. Of if you're like, if I'm like, hey, you know, hey, dude, <laughs> dude, hey, go look at your door. Who's at your front? If I sent Alex Ovechkin <laughs> to your house and said, hey, go, g- go to this guy's house and knock on the door, if you knew who Alex Ovechkin was, and I would bet, Adam, and I could be in the minority here. I guarantee, if you're over a certain age, you would have no idea who he was. <laughs> and I was saying that I think you agree, like. 
I think because now I know who Wayne Gretzky is, I know who Yamir Yager is, I know who Mario Lemieux is, all those guys I could even Bobby Orr or um yeah, I mean all those guys I could recognize. I think it's the lack of sports illustrated in our lives. Yeah. You lose that Thursday coming home, going to your mailbox, seeing who was on the cover of Sports Illustrated, whether it's Wayne Gretzky and, and Magic Johnson. I mean, this is these are thirty to forty year old references I've given you here, <laughs> or Yamir Yager on the cover or a big expose on on whoever. Um you know, Hull, I think it's because we guys my age, we don't have that big glossy picture anymore. I'd love to know that. Mine for the most recognizable DC athlete, I mean, maybe I was going to say Bradley Beal. He didn't play for the – No. You know, he did, they, who's their best player? It's Kyle Kuzma now. There's no way. Kyle, I mean, there's no way I would know. Kyle Kuzma <laughs> could mow my yard this afternoon, <laughs> and I would not know who Kyle Kuzma is. I Do you would, know anyone on the Nationals? No, and I'm a huge baseball guy. <laughs> now, my son would be like, hey, Dad, Sonny Gray's at the front yard. Right. I think he's selling cookies. <laughs> yeah. I'd be like, okay. Um, would I know any nationals? I wouldn't know any nationals, right? I don't think so. I would probably say Sam Howell. And after that. And that's kind of embarrassing because he's only been the guy here for like six months. You're right. No, you're exactly right. But he's got the beard. And like I followed him a little bit when he was at North Carolina because he's in the ACC. That's, yeah. that's honestly, I mean, my list is probably like Sam Howell and. I don't know. That's it. So I put Jonathan Allen on my list at number seven. He's the D tackle, just okay. because he's such a big human being. That's fair. You, you'd you'd have to know he plays sports. You like yeah. So like highly recognizable because he played sports. It's hard if you're in D.C. these days. I mean, there's no one that's coming to the top. No. I mean, a couple of years ago, you could have had a. Bra- I would probably know who Bradley Beal was. I think that guy's Bradley Beal, or even a John Wall or Przingis. I think I would know Przingis, but. And, of course, when the Nationals were winning, like, oh, yeah, that's Ryan Zimmerman, that's Steven Strasburg, that's Max Scherzer. I mean, those are those would be layups. But now, gosh, what a dearth of recognizable people. <laughs> what about here in Richmond? Res- recognizable. Do you Richmond think Ryan people? Odom's recognizable yet? That's a good question. I mm, I think it's a 50-50 call. As of, I mean, he's only three games in. Yeah. So that's a good one. The Richmond, I think Ryan Odom to some people would be, but I would say by and large, probably not. Yeah. I would probably say at this point, the most recognizable sports figure in Richmond would be the top two would be Parney. <laughs> He's not even on the team though. And I he love even Parney. Play. He doesn't even play. <laughs> but I you're think, so right. Everybody knows who he is. And I think probably Chris Mooney. Yeah. Yeah. Because Chris has been here and has had, you know, Chris has been on that sideline for a long time. I think Ed McLaughlin would be that too, because our athletic director is because he's been in the, the news a lot with the with the Diamond Project, and obviously he just hired Ryan Odom. He had to hire Will Wade. He had to hire Mike Rhodes. Um, I think Rhodes would have been Rhodes probably would have been tops on that list prior to him exiting to Pennsylvania. Um, you think if Tony Bennett walked into River City Roll, people yeah, would know I mean, exactly who he is? So that's a good yes. I think Tony Bennett would probably. I mean, of all of them, probably most recognizable. And I think that's fair because there's a lot of Virginia Cavalier fans here, yeah. more so than Brett Pry, right? Or Tony Elliott. I mean, they'd have no. Who, yeah, who, who, exactly. I, who I I I agree. I think I think Tony Bennett would probably be number one. I mean, you know, within the within the Central Virginia area. Uh, I think he would probably be number one. Then I think a Parney and then a Chris Mooney. And then probably uh, by the end, I'll say this, by the end of the year, I think everyone will know who Ryan Odom is. I think, and, and I think Ryan will tell you, I mean, coach Odom will tell you, he'll go to restaurants and he'll be recognized now. Yeah. I think it's mainly by VCU people. Once right. you, my you know, friend saw him at curbside yeah. and they, they, I mean, he was just shaking hands and everyone He's loved great. him. Yeah. He's fantastic. The, the question is like, I mean, you look across here at the Starbucks and there's that woman who's handing that person a latte right now from the <laughs> drive through. Like when does she recognize right. who Ryan Odom is? If he rolls through there and grabs a, you know, a venti or something. And I think that's, it, yeah, it's, it's a little bit, we're a little 
thin, like slim pickings in the recognizable category. I do think by the end of the year, everybody will recognize Zeb Jackson. Yeah. Oh, I think so too, for a wide variety of reasons. He's one of the captains. He's the point guard, the leader. Yeah, he's the ball's in his hands a lot. Zeb's going to play thirty to thirty-five minutes per game, and he's got such this engaging personality that that he will he will be someone that are. I mean, he's got this year another year left of eligibility, which I think is great. So we'll have him for three years, last year, this year, and next year. And he's so compelling as a person. I think our fans, he's going to fall in that mode that our fans love because of his game. And I think, you know, Zeb's still trying to figure out exactly – he's trying to figure out exactly who he is as a player, yeah. I think, in this new role. Last year was easy. Like, you come in, defend your brains out, which everybody did, and you can slash and get to the goal and, you know, make some buckets that way. Well, he's now, like you said, has to be a leader. His assist – he's averaging six, seven assists a game. Right, and Man. I think that's tough for him because he wants to be a scorer. Yeah, he's, you know, he's, he's got a naturally jump a, shot. Naturally he can jump out of the gym. He's still working on his three-point shot. Yeah. I, I think it's – I don't. I'll, I'll be interested to see how that evolves throughout the season. Is he a thirty-six percent three-point shooter? If that's the case, we'll be in business. If he's he is he a thirty-three? If that's the case, that's good. Is he under thirty? Because you know he just he just can't find that rhythm quite yet. That'll be something I think he'll evolve into or get away from. He didn't shoot. He shot twelve against uh, McNeese, mm-hmm. and since then he's been on single-figure shooting three-pointers. I think he realized that maybe that's not his best way to contribute to the offense. Right. I mean, the offense, I think, is at their best when he gets into the paint yeah. and can either finish himself by jumping over defenders or find Kwani Kwani or Rose mm-hmm. or Furman. We're hanging out at River City Roll with Robbie Robinson. You can hear him on the play-by-play for the game tomorrow against Seattle. Give us a little preview. Oh gosh! Um, <laughs> well, they're the Red Hawks, okay, and they're in a city called Seattle, <laughs> and they are not in the West Coast Conference. I think they're in the WAC. Is that what it is? I, I had I had to look it up. I couldn't. I, I You've didn't probably even... done a little bit more homework than I have. I usually <laughs> I usually do like my 16 year old son and his AP biology. I usually do all my prep the night before <laughs> or the morning before. Or sometimes, sometimes it's 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 a little less prep. Um, I yes, I they they want to get into the West Coast Conference. They are a team that has been talked about being into the West. And the West Coast Conference is your St. Mary's, your Gonzaga's. Yeah. So that's who they want to go. Coach Odom will tell you that last year they were phenomenal. Uh, early in the season, they were undefeated. They went to Utah State. And Utah State beat the brakes off of them. Like they, they, they like swaggered into Utah State, and they were undefeated. And and Shulga and Baristow and the Ashworth guy, they beat the fool out of them, and it really tucked their Seahawk feathers, I guess, back and went to the Pacific Northwest. Um, I think that they've got um, they've got three returning starters that are all that, are, that can score a little bit. I think they probably won't quite be as talented as Radford was, at least on paper, um, and not maybe a little bit better than Samford. I mean, Radford was pretty talented with their three guards. Yeah. We just played really well. Uh, it'll it'll be a similar game. I think, honestly, we've seen I mean, we've seen three different games from the Rams. We've seen game one against McNeese where we just didn't play well. Just did not. I think we were learning what we had to do to win a college basketball game. Samford was something similar, but we figured it out and then played well in the second half. And then Radford for 33 minutes, we were really, really good. Um, my sense is how we play will dictate the type of game tomorrow. Like, I could sit here and try to break down Seattle for you, uh, Adam, but who cares? Like, if we, we play, have to play our we game. Have to, yeah, I mean, if we play like we did against McNeese State, we're going to lose to a team called Seattle that isn't the Supersonics. You know, like, 
Tom Chambers is not walking through that door. That's <laughs> reference you probably don't know, Adam, and that's totally okay. Uh, some of your guys do. Uh, if we play okay, then I think we grind out a win maybe like we did against Samford. If we play at the level we did on whenever we played that game against Radford Wednesday, uh, I think I think we, we have a convincing victory. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM, broadcasting live from River City Roll, and this is the place to be on the weekends here in Scott's edition. You've got live music, football on TV, bowling for everyone, a chef-inspired menu with has incredible pizza and some really great beer. And joining us live from River City Roll on the fan is Robbie Robinson. You can hear him on the play-by-play tomorrow for VCU against Seattle. Um, thoughts on the first three games, Robbie? Oh, I mean, talk about a wave of emotions if you're a Ram fan. First of all, let's all I'll say this blanket statement. It's fine. Like it's it's everything is just we're all in good shape. Like losing that first game to McNeese State was a little shock to the system. It's just not something the Ram fans are used to doing is losing the first game. I think most schools across the country that are of the success that VCU has endured, they schedule a really easy opponent in that first game and you beat them to death and you're off and running and then who knows what happens later. You, you know, the lack of competition may catch up with you later, but it sure didn't catch up with you that night. And McNeese was really good, and we were not collectively, I think, in a place where we knew how hard we had to play to win, and McNeese did. And so, so yeah, that was, and that was tough too because of everything swirling around. You have a new coach, you have a bunch of new players. Like, you know, Mike Rhodes and all of our guys, all of our coaches, Will and Shaka, they all lost games they shouldn't have lost. All of them. Yeah. Will lost to Fordham up there one year. You know, Shaka lost some games as well that he shouldn't have lost. Um, but, you know, we also had a lot of history knowing that they could win. And we know, I mean, gosh, Adam, we know how good of a coach Adam, I mean, uh, Ryan Odom is. Um, but, you know, we had we get to really see it in person. So you yeah. lose that first game. It's like, oh, gosh, are we really that, you know, in transition? What's going on? And then the next game started very similarly. We weren't doing a whole lot offensively. You're sitting there. You saw it. Defensively, we weren't great. And then all of a sudden, we found a new gear against Samford. And for the last... 35 minutes of that game we were really good you know Radford got off to a little shaky start and our fans are going to find the things they want to complain about and they'll complain about that but boy the last 33 minutes of that game we were we were good we win a lot of games with the way we played so I think we I think we're we are evolving I think we're evolving quickly and I think the thing too Adam and I know you've talked about this on your show because I listened to you but it, it bears repeating not having Sean Barristow oh, yeah. is enormous. It's enormous. And I know the the casual Ram fan or the, the fan that loves going to games might not, you know, might not follow it closely. I am telling you, when he broke his foot in mid-October, that would be the same thing as if we, got the, if we got the news that Ace Baldwin had broken his foot last year. Like, oh, I mean, I, he is that good of a player. He makes everybody better. He can shoot. He can shoot teams out of zones. He's good defensively. He can handle the basketball. Coach Odom said on numerous occasions, on and off the air to me, Sean's going to handle the ball a lot for us when he gets back. And I think, and the and one thing that Coach Odom does extremely well is he doesn't he doesn't cry woe is me mm-hmm. like he just doesn't. You listen to him. He does. He is a very pragmatic coach, and I I've enjoyed listening to him. He's like, we lost Sean. We got to get the next guy up, and we got to do this. And it's not there's no excuses with him and his staff. Uh, but I would tell you that when when Barristow went down with a foot injury, that was that was a 
it was a sizable torpedo to what they thought they would want to accomplish and, and, and how hard it was going to be, if that makes sense. So yeah. first three games of the season, we're 2-1. and one. We, we, we continue to hopefully pick up some momentum and play in a huge tournament next week, which you'll be at. Exciting. Down in Orlando. That would yeah. be great. I'm Come so down. fired up You for should that. be. So you'll <laughs> do the pregame with us courtside and that whole thing, right? I mean, yeah. you'll be, oh, that's phenomenal. That's yeah. great. Um, and that's a big-time tournament with a bunch of really good teams. And as you saw last night, uh, the A-10 had a f- sensational night. Oklahoma State lost to St. Bonaventure, if I'm not mistaken. Obviously, LSU lost to Dayton and Charleston. And then they got one more. St. Louis beat Wyoming. Wyoming. Think, yeah. yeah, so another you know relatively decent school. We weren't winning those games last year. When I say we, the conference, yeah. we weren't winning those games. So the Rams are going to have to keep up their end of the bargain and go down to Orlando. And I think all of us now that are, I mean, these next two weeks, Adam, are huge for the league because we're going to have a lot of these multi-team events like we're going to these tournaments where we'll play some Power 5 schools that don't normally schedule us. So to win, that's the resume right now for a league is being built in these next two, two and a half weeks. I love that breakdown. I'll tell you, my biggest X factor for the Rams, like you said, they're not going to be at full strength till Sean Barristow comes back. But right. if Kwani Kwani can figure <laughs> things out, because he's still in the starting lineup and he yeah. hasn't really produced much, but, man, he's so tall and, and he can help with rebounding and he can hit the open shot. You know, I think if he gets going, watch out. I agree. And I think Coach Odom basically said that in our postgame interview. He said he's good. He's just got He's like any athlete, you're going to go through a little slump, and uh, and he could be going through one right now. And the the question for Kwani is how quickly can you break out of that slump? Yeah, and I agree. Like I think he is. That's a good X factor, I believe, because he he can shoot teams out of zone. Once he hits a couple threes, all of a sudden they can't double team Max Shulga. Right. They can't double team Zeb Jackson because you can fire to the wing and have Kwani knock one down. And I think similar too with Fats. I mean, Fats is, could fill that role as a perimeter guy that can hit threes. That's I think that's one thing Coach Odom. Because we we shored up the turnovers the other night. We only turned it over, I think, ten times against Radford, and five of those were in, like, the first five or six minutes. Right. Uh, right. And I am telling you, Ram fans, Coach Odom, it is a point of emphasis to grab rebounds and hold the basketball, (laughs) not let it get taken out of your hands. Like, you have to believe me when I tell you they talk about that and talk about it and talk about that, much like I talk about with my son. You have to study to get good (laughs) grades, and yet somehow, you know, struggling on that. So uh, so it's it's like anything, but I – I think that shooting the threes is what the next step for this team to find themselves at that, like, you know, they don't have to shoot 40% from the three-point line out, and they just don't. But if they could be in that middle to mid-30%, it'll make a huge difference. That's Robbie Robinson, play-by-play voice of VCU basketball. He's called baseball games. He's called college football. He's called women's basketball at UVA, called a race, volleyball, high school baseball, high school football, soccer on the radio, and more, and you're going to do one more right now. I got one more. We've one got a more. new rule got? on 910 The Fan. Okay. On Fridays, yes. we roll. Yeah. We roll. With so you. Yes. Uh, they've been nice enough to set me up here. Okay. So I'm going to put my headset down. And, I, and you're going to take – I take over, and I'm doing the play-by-play. Is exactly what's happening? All right. Let's go. So we're here. I have to be quiet. Is it a quiet – it's kind of like a golf situation. I've watched bowling before, and, like, they're quiet. So we're here on lane number one at River City Roll. Adam Epstein – with his size 13 and a half shoes, airing it down. This is frame number six. Epstein, the big breath, bends his knees three times. Here it goes. He rolls in. Oh, he's a spinner, is Epstein, and he knocks three pins down. He's got three down, so Epstein, who is currently at a 70, has four pins. I missed that back pin, so he knocks the four uh, with the six, 
eight, nine. So Adam, to pick up the spare now, has got to hit six pins, the majority of the left side. He's got to hit every pin between here and the boulevard is what Adam has to do. We'll get the left hand. He's left-handed too, folks. Don't know if you knew that or not. The southpaw from Northern Virginia, Awad. The bull. Looks good. Oh, he picks up the spare! Awad picks up the spare! Bullseye! Right down the middle! And Awad goes with the six-pin spare to get himself out of the sixth frame. How about that? Adam Epstein. Wow, that was just fun to watch. He, he wants to do one more. All right, so we're going to go to the second frame with Adam Epstein. Coming off the spare. He's feeling hot, does Epstein. Did you know the mark that determines the beginning of the lane is called the foul line? So Epstein at the foul line here at River City Roll. Two big steps and the roll. That looks good. Epstein. Oh, not bad. He gets, is that eight or nine? Hits the right side of the front pin, nine. And so now you're one away from picking up your second consecutive. No, your two out of three would be because you spared number four, which I'm sure it was glorious radio when you took off the headset and did that. So nine pins in already, number seven. Adam's at an 89 right now after seven, pin, after seven frames. Six and a half frames. Quiet. Just lower the crown. At the foul line. The southpaw from Nova to pick up the spare. Eureka! He hits the spare. Back-to-back -back spares for Awad. And the Sports Radio 9-10 bowling thematic. Well done. Get yourself up there. How about that? Wow. Back-to-back -back spares. I might have to have you here every Friday. I La will come here every Last Friday. Friday, I couldn't break 100. I was so bad. I had lifted the night before. Oh, yeah. Hey, that's a nice flex. There you go. Good for you. Good for you. All right, Once you a month, I lift, you know. Yeah, there you go. Right. So, do you, like, lifted a burrito? Or, like, like, like when you lifted things, like, real actual, like, barbells? Is that what? Okay, yeah. That, that, and that screwed up. That screwed up your uh, your game. Yeah. yeah understood. Yeah. Well, you're, at a, you're, gonna, you're like, at a 99 right now. You're looking great. Yeah, looking great. Break, what's the most you've ever, what's the highest you've ever bowled? Like, 160, maybe. Yeah, that's about what I was. I got yeah. into, like, a... You know, like a um, Will Ferrell in old school, like uh, when he was doing the debates against James Carville. I got into like one of those roles at one time. I just couldn't miss. It was like, whoa, what happened? I pulled a 160. Well, that was awesome. Great play-by-play. -play. Now you, you know can what? add that to your list. And I didn't even make it up. <laughs> didn't even make it up. That truly is what happened. That's the beauty of radio. Our yeah. fans will never know. For all you know, they threw a couple gutter balls. <laughs> Happy to do it. Well, thank you so much for stopping by. Anytime. This is great. I hope they have a good weekend here. Obviously, $10 pitchers should bring. I mean, if you're a dad and you're like 48, that's like really kicking it back into your college days is $10 pitchers. Yeah, it's awesome. Thanks so much, Robbie. All right, Adam. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new Sports Radio 910. The Fan now at 105.1 FM. Welcome back. Happy Friday, everybody. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new Sports Radio 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM, broadcasting live from River City Roll here in Scott's Edition. On Fridays, we roll. This is the place to be on the weekends here in Richmond because you got live music, football on TV, bowling, a chef-inspired menu that has incredible items. I love the pizza, the the pepperoni's my favorite, uh, but they've got a couple really good pizzas. So you can come on down to River City Roll and tell them AWOD sent you. And the Commanders face off against the Giants this Sunday. It's a must-win game if they have any chance 
of making it into the playoffs. And Ron Rivera told reporters earlier today, quote, I'm confident and comfortable in who I am and what I do. He said, I've been through enough. The last three years have not been easy. The end of the day, the questions that need to be asked are, is the culture better and have we found a quarterback? I I think Ron Rivera is right about that, those two statements there, right? And even though I don't like Ron Rivera because the fact is he's not a good coach on the field. He doesn't throw the challenge flag. I mean, that's the one job of a head coach on the football field, especially when you have an OC and a DC and you're not calling plays. So he's not calling plays. He's not challenging plays. And his timeouts are puzzling. Well, then you look back and you say, well, what else is he paid to do? Well, he's paid to be the GM and draft players. Well, his first-round picks have not hit in the last three years. His second-round picks haven't hit either. And this season, his third-round and fourth-round pick haven't seen the field, but yet for maybe one or two plays. So is the culture better than when they hired him? Yes, it is, because you had Jay Gruden as the head coach, and he was, like, seen at bars at 2 a.m. smoking cigarettes and talking to 21-year-old chicks. That's not what you want your head coach to do, especially when your team is, like, 3-11. and So he was fired, and, yes, Ron Rivera did fix the culture a little bit. All right, And he got into the playoffs his first year, and I will say he battled through cancer, and his players absolutely love to play for him. And it feels like every one of them, the 53, would run through a wall for Ron Rivera. So at the end of the day, has he changed the culture? Yes. And have we found our quarterback? I believe we have in Sam Howell. The problem is, is that he's paid to do more than just those two things. And that's why I think no matter what, you move on from Ron Rivera at the end of the season. But NFL Week 11 began last night on Thursday Night Football with the Ravens 34-20 to win. That's the lead story here on NFL Hits. Regular season matchup. Every head coach on the hot seat. The hit stories in the NFL. NFL Hits on A1 Radio. All right, remember yesterday we gave out Brian's picks. It's a new bit we're doing on the show. Brian is the traffic reporter, but he's an NFL savant, and he goes home over the weekends, and he watches every single game, and he takes notes on a pen and paper. He's old school, super old school. So this week he delivered me his picks on a notepad, and he highlighted the teams that he wanted to win. We will tweet that out later today at 910thefan.com at AWOD Radio, but the big story from Thursday Night Football was Joe Burrow's wrist injury. Now, he was not on the injury report. In the second quarter against the Ravens, he threw a touchdown. But right after that, he reached down and grabbed his wrist in obvious pain, and then we saw him on the sidelines. They showed him on TV trying to throw a warm-up pass, and he couldn't even grip the ball. He could barely even hold it. And there's been a lot of talk about a deleted post in which you could see him getting onto the team bus with what looks like a cast or some kind of um, wrist helper on his hand, right? And, and so, or some kind of brace, right? And so you can clearly see he's not 100%. Well, the NFL has come down and say they will investigate why Joe Burrow was not listed on the Bengals injury report. And speaking of injuries, Ravens tight end Mark Andrews suffers a serious ankle injury in a tackle last night. And uh, it was one of those hip tackles that was described as a a hip takedown and look it's so tough because people want that to be flagged now because it leads to injuries but it's so hard to play defense in the NFL now you can't touch the quarterback can't touch anyone's helmet you can't grab them by the shoulder pad or anything you have to you know wrap them up but you can't even put your body weight on them when you bring them down so it sucks that he suffered this injury it's likely season injury ankle injury but I don't think that they should flag 
people for that moving forward. All right, so let's go through the Sunday slate here. And we begin with 1 p.m., the Steelers against the Browns. I gave that as a three-star matchup um, just because, look, both teams are 6-3. and three. Right now, the AFC North is the best team in football, and if the best division in football, and if the playoffs began today, all four of those teams would make the playoffs. Um, but the thing is, is that the Steelers have not been good offensively. It's their defense that's led the way. And the Browns, they don't have a quarterback. Right, Deshaun Watson gone for the season. They're most likely going to go with either DTR or uh, P.J. Walker as they try to win with their defense. So it will be a defensive battle. I, I think this is a three-star game for me because I personally like watching defense. If you want to see both teams score 20 points, this is not the game for you. The over-under is sit, sitting at 32.5. Give me the Steelers to win. That's an upset with the line Cleveland minus 1.5. I like the Lions over the Bears. I told Valdez that's my lock of the wick. Lions of the wit to win and cover the spread. Chargers, Packers, give me the Chargers to get right on the road and get back to 500. Justin Herbert is too good of a quarterback. Listen to these stats. 2,349 yards. That's, not, that's impressive, but it's not even top in the league. What is, it's his touchdown-to-interception ratio. 17 touchdown passes to just five interceptions. Justin Herbert, the quarterback for the Chargers. I've got them getting the win, covering the spread. Uh, let's go Dolphins over Raiders, but give me the Raiders to cover the 13-point spread. They've been playing inspired football under new head coach Antonio Pierce. Cowboys-Panthers, ugly game. Dallas wins uh, easily. Titans, Jags, uh, give me the Jags to win. Cardinals, Texans, I'll take the Texans. Bucks, Niners, give me the Niners. They looked good last week getting back to their winning ways, and they're at home at Levi Stadium in California. Jets, Bills, now look, this is an ugly game, 4-5 and five against 5-5, five and five, but I think this matchup is heightened by the fact that Aaron Rodgers is getting closer and closer to returning. He wants to be back by December 24th, the Jets game against the Commanders. If Zach Wilson can win a few more games, they could be in a playoff position. The Bills are 5-5. Five and five. They've fallen back down to 500, and it seems like their season is falling apart. And they have to do what they failed to do week one against Zach Wilson, and that's beat the New York Jets as the Jets shocked the world after Aaron Rodgers got hurt and still won the game. Uh, but give me the Bills to win at home. Seahawks-Rams, I think Seahawks cruised victory. Rams season is falling apart. Broncos-Vikings is a decent matchup because the Broncos are on a bit of a win streak and the Vikings are on their own win streak thanks to Stubbs' favorite player in the NFL right now, quarterback Josh Dobbs. Stubb, do you know anything about Josh Dobbs, or do you just like him because he's bald and running for his life every play? <laughs> I, I just like the fact that he just showed up. Showed up, yeah. played a great game. Out of game. nowhere. And then, I, I, you know, when I watch him, it look he looks good. Like, he looks like he, yeah. he does fun plays. So that's, you know that's why he's my favorite right that? now. Yeah, the, the kids would say that's showing up and showing out is Josh Dobbs for the Vikings. Give me Jay Dobbs to get the win for the Vikings. Now let's get to AWOD's certified game of the week. This is AWOD's Certified Game of the Week. Officially recognized as the NFL game this weekend that is certain to meet the qualifications or viewing standards set by football guys around the country. Touchdown! 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 Diving for the left pylon. He's in for the touchdown. Guaranteed to be a football guy's football game. 
And you heard me earlier predicting this is not only going to be the certified game of the week, but it's going to be the certified game of the season for the rest of the year. We will be talking about Eagles at Kansas City. Can the Chiefs do what they did last year in the Super Bowl and defeat Jalen Hurts and the Philadelphia Eagles? The Chiefs are 7-2 and two on the year. And uh, but they're only two and one in their last three games, as of course for some reason they were shocked by the Denver Broncos. The Broncos won their first of their three-game win streak against the Chiefs, twenty-four to nine. But the Chiefs will now host the Eagles, and Philadelphia is one of the best teams in football this year. They're back on a three-game win streak after the Jets and that defense shocked them with a twenty to fourteen win. But the Eagles got a solid win over the Vikings, 31-17. Oh, the Chiefs have already beaten the Vikings as well in Germany. The Eagles got a win over Washington in overtime, 38-31, to and then a victory over the Dallas Cowboys, 28-23. to So two of the hottest teams in football, a Super Bowl rematch. Lock it in, throw away the key, throw it in the river, don't go searching for it. We've got you covered. The lock of the week. Viewing standards will be met. Football fans around the country will be locked to their TV on Monday Night Football as the Chiefs host the Eagles. Look, I think this is not only going to be a close game. It's going to be a sh- sh- shootout. Give me Chiefs to win 42-36. to 42-36. to Eagles will have a 36-35 lead, and then the Chiefs will go down the field in the final drive of the game, score, and get the extra point. I've got Chiefs over Eagles on Monday Night Football. If you want to chime in, it's easy. 833-804-0910. Open lines on the fan. Or you could tweet me at 910thefan and at AWOD Radio. Don't go anywhere. Don't change that dial. We talk a little high school football playoffs next on the fan. Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio. Here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM, broadcasting live from Richmond's home for the first ever football festival. That's River City Roll. This is a great social spot with bowling, a seasonal menu. I love the pizza, a hopping cocktail scene, a dog-friendly patio that is covered and heated, live music on the weekend, and so much more, including live music during brunch. Live music during brunch on Sundays, which is awesome. You don't get that at very many spots here in Richmond. And throughout the show, I am bowling because the new rule at 910 The Fan is on Fridays we roll, and I've been letting the audience in on the frames uh, throughout the show today. In fact, we had Robbie Robinson, the play-by-play voice of ECU basketball, stop by and do a little play-by-play of bowling. Let's roll the tape. The southpaw from Nova to pick up the spare. Eureka! He hits the spare. Back-to-back spares for AWOD and the Sports Radio 910 Bowling Thematic. <laughs> that was pretty funny. That was awesome. So, uh, yep, we've been doing a little play-by-play throughout the show. And uh, I am at 89 points or 89 pins right now through six frames. Stop looking like I've got a good chance this time to break 100. Last, last last week was embarrassing. I put out the scores. People were joning on me on social media. Uh, somebody said I need to get bumpers. I'm 30 years old. I'm not going to roll with bumpers. My it's goodness. It's because you got me right. behind the board supporting you this time. Yeah, no, it's a good point. All right, joining me right now on the Hadid Mercer Rug Cleaning Hotline, you can hear him alongside Gary Hess right here on 910 The Fan for the cool football broadcast game of the week. Once again, it's Coach Gary Criswell. What's going on, Coach Criz? 
Hey, man, what, what, you know, how good a day could it be that it's playoff days, great weather, and I come in with a bowling intro? It's, I mean, it's, <laughs> it's beyond all expectations. Coach Chris, how many times do you like to bowl a year? Like to bowl is the uh, – I used to bowl a lot, <laughs> and I, grew, and I really? grew up bowling, and I grew up with bowling with guys that played tennis at a very, very hard, uh, high level, including Rodney Harmon, who actually, I think, got deep into the U.S. Open at one, at one point. And now, this wow. is the 70s now. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. So let's get to the high school football playoffs, and we right. start with Class 6, Region A, a great 2-3 matchup with local schools, Thomas Dale against Manchester. And that's our game of the week down in, in Chester. Both these, both these guys, I have a history with both these guys. Knew them well when they were players, long before they became coaches. And and uh, they've they've nobody's surprised at this time of year where they're still alive. It's been a while since Thomas Dale's had an undefeated record in the regular season. Now they stand at eleven and zero. And Manchester's only loss is to the number one seed who they opened the season with. It was Holland Springs' second game. So man, both teams have great resumes. It's a great physical matchup. And I think it's going to be two guys that really want to run the football, but they've got offensive coordinators uh, to kind of figure out how are they going to stretch the defense. And I think really who hits the big plays I think will have a lot to do with it. But, of course, uh, this time of year you also got to talk about turnovers as far as but it's not – these teams could play uh, five times and, and one of them would win three and the other one would win the other two. Should be a great matchup tonight in the regional semifinals. And the winner, well, you've got either Highland Springs or Oscar Smith waiting for you. That is tough. Yeah, and, and basically uh, these are two very, very relevant programs uh, that have, you know, dominated at times, you know, on para, and on parallel – platforms uh, one would be in five and one the other one would be in six now they meet meet each other and this is an oscar smith team that's just now getting to speed they have a freshman quarterback uh that uh, adam i swear i've been on the field standing next to him twice and i think he grew in the 10 weeks of the regular <laughs> season uh but the kid is the kid is really really well skilled uh they, they've got a good running game i they've played uh they hermitage played them tough and Glenn Allen played them tough and as Gary and I said last week the cooking is a little harder to swallow in Holland Springs Virginia than it is in Glen Allen Virginia so uh they're going to have their hands full with 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 the Springers uh I don't think this is the dominating Springers team but I trust the coaching staff that produces that many state championships and I see them addressing the things that might not be up to their normal standards but could they win it all certainly they could do that over to class five region c and that was the region of upsets last week i mean my goodness coach chris did anybody advance there except for matoka <laughs> well yeah matoka advanced uh and they're going to have an interesting matchup with uh, mills godwin but Earl Kenny, his first year coach he, he's a veteran coach he's coached patrick henry he's coached at hermitage uh, and he was the head basketball coach for Her at Hermitage at, at times, and he has a very analytical way about going about 
the segments of the game, and, and that's kept his team in, so, in some really good games. And there's other weeks they haven't played too well. But they, they came up with a big upset at Louisa, who was moving up in class, but uh, there's no classier program. It was an exciting home game uh, that Mills Godwin was invited to be the guest sacrifice, and it didn't work out that way. And Godwin wins their first playoff game since 1996. Now, that sounds bad. That sounds bad. But they've been in the playoffs. like They've played like 20 games since in the playoffs since that time. So they're always, you know, they're perennially in the playoffs. They just haven't been able to to, uh, win yet. And they've got their – they'll have their hands – uh, full at Matoka, who has really started rolling up. They played Matoka played uh, Thomas Dale to its closest game, uh, losing by three points. Uh, so I, I, you know, I, I kind of favor favor the Warriors. Uh, that's a tough trip to to beautiful downtown Ettrick. Do you give uh, Freeman a shot in their matchup against Fleming? Hundred percent, because William Fleming was the number eight seed in the region. And they defeated the number one seed. And there's whispers. And a guy that works with us all the time, Steve, um, Steve Adams, is kind of is has lived in that area for a while. He's returned to Richmond. He's and he's we're happy to, for him to be working with us on some high school programming. And the 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 funny thing with it is, he said these two teams weren't far apart anyway. It was just a bunch of good 804 teams in between in between them. And so they turn the tables on them. So Freeman gets a home game and coming off the heels of a absolute shootout against Hermit. It's about as exciting the second half as you'd ever want to, want to see. Uh, Douglas Freeman, a lot of people don't realize that Douglas Freeman, some of their overall speed on defense has uh, succumbed to some, some injuries. So it's not even the best uh, version of themselves, but they're certainly making a nice run in the playoffs. It's Coach Criswell with us on the Hadid Mercer Rug Cleaning Hotline, previewing all the high school football playoff matchups this weekend. We go over to Class 4 with Region B. I would like to see Dinwiddie and Verina face off next week, but Dinwiddie would have to beat King George. They're the one seed, and Verina is going to have a good matchup against Huguenot. Absolutely, and this is uh, this is the craziest uh, uh, the region in my in my estimation. Um, Dinwiddie and, and King George are no um, strangers to each other. Uh, last year's game was was settled in overtime, and um, but but King George is has proven itself recently to be the class of this division. There, but at at times that you can question their schedule, but they certainly show up on playoff games. Dinwiddie will have a you know, you know the work cut out for them, but there's certainly within reason that Dinwiddie could pull this off. And then on the other side of the bracket, Huguenot, who used to be a staple in the playoffs in the uh, 90s under uh, the legendary coach Richard McPhee, um, they're back in vogue right now, but they're playing a Verona squad that is playoff tough. And Adam, in their playoff runs, Verona continuously reinvents itself and finds some guy that we've never really seen play a lot, and he may, and he takes a big role in the game. They're very, very deep. They're very, very athletic, and they have a tendency to be very, very physical. I think it's going to be a good, good matchup, but I think Huguenot's best days are ahead of it. 
Coach Chris, always fun to have you on the show. Let's do this again next week until the playoffs are over. We'll, we'll do it. I want to mention the city schools are playing at Hovey Field, TJ and Armstrong, and the winner will host the regional finals next, next week at, at Hovey. It's a very, very exciting time for city school football. And my producer, Stubb, is going to be helping you out, so make sure you take good care of him, all right? Man, he, <laughs> he needs to be well-fed. Is it tonight? Is it tonight? Yep, I'll be Stubb, there are you helping out tonight? Yeah. 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 Ah, beautiful. And you did, you did Dinwiddie with us, right? Yes, I did. Oh, yeah, man. You're, you're a good luck charm. That was a great game. <laughs> that was a good game. Thomas Dale, Thomas Dale is going to love that you're in the booth. we love that thanks so much coach coach chris i appreciate it all right thanks you're listening you're listening to awod radio here on the new sports radio 910 the fan now at 105 one fm who knew the place to be this weekend in the state of virginia though was the home of the james madison duke says not only is college game day there but Pat McAfee's been doing his show live from there, and I just saw on social media that the uh, the JMU fan base, for some reason they were doing F. Dan Snyder chants. I mean, you got to love that. He sold the team like six months ago. The JMU college kids have been so locked in on their undefeated season that they're just realizing that he's not the owner anymore. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio. We go around college football in the state of Virginia next on University Drive.